Officially, the Gophers fall practice was open to fans this past Saturday. We're giving you a recap along with some some parts of the media conversation that we had in the press conference afterward with some of the with head coach PJ Fleck and a few of the players. I'm going to recap it all on today's episode of Locked On Golden Gophers. Okay, you are no Locked On Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden turns out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the show. Excited to be going with you again. Football season is underway. We just had our official fan practice that was open to the fans. Uh, the diaper drive happened, and there's lots to recap on. We'll get back into our player profiles with the defensive side of ball later this week, but I had to do a touch base after what we had seen from Saturday's first open practice. So we're diving in right on that. Be sure to follow wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe on YouTube where we're building the community. Drop questions in the mailbag for the mailbag sections coming up, but we're building it and it's growing. So keep on subscribing, keep on spreading the news, and we're going to jump right in, starting with the offensive side of ball. So let's jump in. Offensive side of ball. Now, first off, we have to stress, this was the first full padded practice. The first officially fully padded practice was this past Saturday, which was the practice open to fans. So the question that a lot of fans have out there is what is the offensive line going to look like, especially after losing four starters from last year? How are we going to recoup from that? What is it looking like? Who's stepping up? So... You know, there's still some things to be determined here. There's still things up in the air, and there's a lot of camp left. So things could change from this past Saturday up until game one. There's lots of things that can still change, but just quick glimpses, quick thoughts. The offensive line for the ones, so the starters, Ariante Erzuri, lock him in at left tackle. We've already talked about that on our offensive line preview. If you haven't seen that, be sure to check it out. Uh, Axel Rushmeyer seems to come in at that left guard, so we're accurate there so far. John Michael Schmitz, of course, of course, is going to play the center, so no question asked there. Right guard is Chuck Filiaga, which, again, that's something that we had talked about and predicted on that breakdown. But the right tackle, the right tackle we had talked about, it's a battle. It's a camp battle. It's something to keep an eye on. Now, it was a battle. There were was rotations happening. Unfortunately, it's a three-person battle, but J.J. Gaudet was not involved in practice this past Saturday, so he wasn't in that battle, at least on Saturday. That's not to say he wasn't in it at all, because P.J. Fleck cleared that up and stressed that there is a three-person battle taking place with that right tackle position between Gaudet, Martez Lewis, and Quinn Carroll. Now, for me, just based on what I saw on that Saturday, and again, there's lots of time and lots of things that could shake out until game one. So it's by no means set in stone. But just looking at who is maybe more comfortable, who seemed to be on top of the position more and giving up less errors, whether that be mentally or directly on the field, 
I would say Martez Lewis would be starting at right tackle if a game were happen today. At this very moment, I believe Martez Lewis would be the starting right tackle. Quinn Carroll was still getting reps. Quinn Carroll was still getting looks with that first team as well. He's not out of the race by any means, but it did seem like either it was more thinking, if he was just overthinking or just a step behind it, it just seemed slightly off when Carroll was in there with the ones as opposed to Martez Lewis. And again, this is just one day. This could be changing every day. Yesterday, it could have been the opposite. So don't dig too much onto that. But I do believe Martez Lewis, if a game were to start today, would play right tackle. Now, what we saw with the twos, that was pretty interesting. Some guys that I didn't bring up in our offensive line preview show. So Uh, We saw number 58, Jackson Hunter, with the twos quite often. We saw 55, Carter Shaw, with the left guard for the twos. Jackson Hunter was the left tackle. Uh, Nathan Bowe, who we talked about, was that backup center, but he also was working with right guard snaps directly next to Quinn Carroll, and Quinn Carroll was taking right tackle snaps at times. And again, some of these were interspersed line mixing, so it's not always, oh, these are all the ones, like... They had some combinations that they were working through. And there were times where Nathan Bowe and Quinn Carroll were both working in combination. So Nathan Bowe could be the first guy up in multiple positions if someone were to go down. Again, he is the backup center as well. Then on the right guard, when they were running a full twos unit, Tyler Cooper was in that right guard spot uh, in quite a few different occasions. And then at that right tackle, we saw Quinn Carroll a lot with those twos. Now, another person that did get into a couple lineups occasionally was Ashton Beers, who is another offensive lineman that I didn't mention in our preview. So those are some names that were at least present a lot on the field for me, especially those first 10. So I went over the starters, but that second second 10, as we talked about, you want to get 10 to 12 deep when it comes to your travel roster. Uh, Jackson Hunter at the left tackle, Carter Shaw at the left guard, Nathan Bow at the center, Tyler Cooper at the right guard, and Quinn Carroll at the right tackle. So that's how the offensive line was looking. Now let's move over to pass catchers, kind of moving through the positions. Pass catchers, this is both wide receivers and tight ends. Now something I want to jump on right away was Quinton Redding. This is someone I did not anticipate to be as involved as it seemed he was in this past Saturday's practice. Now, I'm not saying that as like, oh, he's going to be a starter on the field. But what I'm saying is he could find himself in some meaningful snaps depending on the occasion, depending on the circumstances that are present. Speaking of circumstances, Daniel Jackson was notably missing from this practice. Now, when brought up in the media conference afterwards, PJ Flex said the trainers decided it was best to hold him out of practice today, and that was all the information they were given heading into today's practice, so we'll know more on that later. We'll keep up to date with that information, but he was gone from today's practice, in which you saw Quentin Redding step into some some slot work in different periods, in different team periods where he did get a couple looks in the slot, and They ran different combinations of the pass catchers. So you would see maybe Quentin Redding, uh, Chris Ottman-Bell, and Brevin Spanford all out there on the field at the same time. Now, that's not likely going to be a a 
three wide or pass catching options that you see on the field sharing the field often but again it's early we're working different things we're seeing what combinations work we're getting people reps like it's not always about always running with the ones or always running with the twos you mix it up and get as many reps as you can at times but it was interesting to see quentin redding getting some team period reps which you like to see interesting now like i said Daniel Jackson was missing, so who was stepping up in that in those slots the most, I think, in seeing more opportunity on that Saturday practice with him being gone? Ike White and Dino Kaliak-Manis. These are guys that I, we brought up on the wide receiver positional breakdown that were players that I believed would be the guys that would need to step up after the core four. The core four being Chris Ottman-Bell, uh, Michael Brown-Stevens, and uh, Trippin, Daniel Jackson, and Dalen Wright. Those are the core four right there. And so after them, we were saying who steps up if anybody goes down, if anybody you know, has to miss time, or if we expand it and get more snaps, more production on the field. Ike White was in that group, next group up. Dino was in that next group up. Brockington was in the next group up, but Brockington still being worked back from his injury slowly, and you saw that in the practice. He did get some reps, but not as many as Ike White and Dino. So we got to see those guys step up, and that projection was fairly correct. Now, in three wide receiver sets, the ones look like <clears throat> Dalen Wright, um, our boy Michael, and then Chris Bell. Those are going to be the three wide receiver sets, especially if Daniel Jackson is to miss any time. Now, when it came to tight ends, of course, Brevin Spanford was the first one up. But surprisingly, the second tight end up in most occasions, it's surprising to me, was Nick Callerup over Jameson Gears. Now, again, it's early in camp, so don't dive too deep on that. But Callerup was seeing more time on the Saturday practice, seeing a lot of significant reps, especially with the twos. So something to keep an eye on. Now, for twos, when it came to the receivers, I would say right now, given the circumstances, you would see Ike White, Dino, and Clayton Geary, who we've talked about, or Clay Geary, who we've talked about, uh, senior, who saw opportunity, saw special teams work the past few years, but he did see some work in the wide receiving game as well. Um, We had talked about him before, though, so that's not super surprising, especially that he was getting that reps with the twos. Now, also Brockington was out there for some limited reps, but not many, and again, this was expected due to him working back to injury. Now, one thing I do want to point out, though, is Ike White. Ike White stood out to me. Maybe he wasn't making these flashy plays. Maybe he wasn't catching everything that was thrown his way because our secondary was absolutely bananas in this practice, which you love to see. We'll get back to that, but Ike White was being used... In significant manners, he was seeing a lot of looks. He saw deep balls. He saw flat routes. He saw inside. I saw him on a, a hook route. I mean, he was being used all over the field. And not only that, but in the competition period where the running backs uh, were trying to essentially get through a gauntlet and score the point without getting tackled by defenders, there's like one defender and one blocker, three different sets, and the running back has to make it through all three and not get tackled, essentially. And Ike White was the only non-running back that was also running through those drills, from what I could see. 
So it's interesting how much usage and versatility we are seeing from him, and that's something to keep in mind and keep an eye on. Now, Michael Brown Stevens, uh, he got the best of Flip Dixon on a route on a third down rep uh, with a speed. He got by him with speed and his sharp route running, which Flip anticipated the route. He ran with the route really well, but Michael, Michael literally was just too sharp and too clean on this route and got in, got the grab, and it was a good probably eight-yard grab across the middle of the field. Like I said, we saw it in the spring, and we're seeing it in this early practice right away. They are getting creative with number 22. They are getting creative with him, and it's going to be exciting, especially if he's walking right into that slot work. So get excited for 2-2, uh, but also Flip Dixon, someone to get excited about. We'll get to the D-backs in a moment. Uh, Brevin Spanford was lined up on the outside in three wide or three pass catcher sets and four wideouts. So four spread out, four pass catcher spread out. We saw Brevin Spanford worked on the outside as well. So not always either in the slot or in that tight end, uh, more inside tight end look, but on the outside receiver area as well so that versatility that's something that really stood out over this practice across many different facets of the game that is something to get excited about with this Gophers roster is the versatility and that's something I think that's going to come up a lot this season Crab also got some slot work super versatile uh Dylan or Dylan Dalen had a low snag on a quick flat route, super good with his hands, showed a lot of consistency over this last practice. It was mentioned by multiple people in the press conference after, by PJ Fleck, by Crab, by Tanner Morgan, all talking about how Dalen has really been showing up and being more consistent over this early beginning of fall camp. He also had a super nice sideline grab, got a one toe down, one foot down uh, on the right sideline, right out of bounds line, thrown by Cole Kramer. It was a great pass, great catch, great combination. So you love to see those sparks of athleticism, those flashes of brilliance, which Dalen Wright has. Uh, and then one last thing I want to bring up with pass catchers was Christian Hoskins. I did catch him on a couple routes. He was burning from that slot receiver position. I'm saying burning defenders. He really burnt Darius Green, who came into the slot from the safety position. He was guarding him in the slot. Ethan moved off of the route pretty quick, so he wasn't able to even see Christian Hoskins burn pass and have that availability downfield. But to see the get off off the line, to see the ability to move past defenders quickly. Again, we talked about that on the wider series episode, but seeing that ability is something that we don't necessarily have in the wide receiver room. And it's exactly what could be a helpful piece in moving forward, especially in future years. Not sure if we'll see it too much this year. Still a lot to go for the true freshman there, but Flashes of brilliance. That's what you like to see with the Gophers. Now, talking about the running back room, going to keep this super brief. I didn't pay too much attention to the running back room in this practice just because there was a lot of things for me to pay attention to that have been undecided, like the offensive line, especially on the right tackle, like the defensive line, like the defensive lineups in general. And so we kind of know what the running back room is and what it's looking like, and I didn't want to hound on that too much. Now, Mo was looking fluid, Trey was looking fluid, you like to see it, in the comp period, 
The offense ended up winning uh, 3-2. to two. Zach Evans had a breakout tackle and to take game point after the defense had started up 2-0. You can see a clip of that game-winning point on Twitter. It's pretty sweet. But one thing that stood out to me for that running back room is that it's deeper than what we thought. Jordan Newbin showed awesome work, awesome flashes, showed grit, showed effort, and it stood out to me. I'm looking forward to the next few practices to see if that continues to shine through. But he was competitive in the competitive period, and he was also good in the uh, team periods as well, where he was getting rock-solid reps and breaking off 10-yard carry here and there. So Jordan Newbin really impressed me, and it just shows that that running back room is very deep, maybe even five people deep now if Jordan Newbin is able to step up in that manner. Moving on to the quarterbacks, the battle for quarterback to or backup quarterback is still up in the air, in my opinion. Ethan was at quarterback for many of the twos within the team periods, but I didn't see Cole taking team period snaps hardly at all. Yet, when it came to routes on the air, when it came to indie drills, Cole Kramer was taking all the twos, all the reps directly behind Tanner Morgan. So I, I think that battle is still up in the air, and it hasn't officially been decided who that backup quarterback is, at least not from what I can tell at this moment in time. Now, in the team period, Ethan had a nice completion to Gears uh, on 2nd and 14. So it was a 2nd and 14. They had just taken a sack in a team period, and Ethan had a nice completion to Gears, and they went from 2nd and 14 to 3rd and 2. You like to see those chunk plays, high-pressure chunk plays in team periods, especially when you're trying to simulate that game style, that game approach. So it was great to see overall. Uh, And then I just want to put quick note on Jacob Newth. He has a solid arm, slightly overthrew uh, Ike on a deep ball, but it was a nice throw. It was a nice, I mean, it was pretty coming off his hand. So there's work to be done. True freshman, of course, is going to take some time, but you see little pieces, little flashes. Again, that might be the theme of today's show is the flashes of brilliance. You see that and it gets you excited. So nice to see that promise from Jacob as well. Last thing we're going to talk about on the offensive front, not really offense, more special teams related, but the returners that were getting the most work in this specific practice were Christian Hoskins, Quentin Redding, Clay Geary, and Michael Brown Stevens. So next we're going to talk about the defense and what stood out on that defensive side of ball. Obviously a lot to talk about. But first, we're going to talk about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. Like We talked to you before about it. As you gear up for the fall, you need to hire the right people. You need your team to be made up of the right people, especially when it comes to small business settings. So LinkedIn Jobs is here to make that easier for you and find the people that you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a job post online in minutes, and it'll reach to the entire LinkedIn network, which is over 810 million people. Then you add your job, you put the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, essentially telling and spreading the word that your company is hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions, and it makes it easier for you to focus on the right candidates 
for the with the right skills for the experience that you are looking for. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster and you're reaching out to people that LinkedIn sees over 40 million jobs or at least nearly 40 million jobs weekly when it comes to people looking for jobs on LinkedIn. So job seekers, 40 million weekly. You got to be over on LinkedIn and you can do it for free. Post about your job for free. All you got to do is go to linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post about your job for free. So thank you for making Locked On Golden Gophers your first listen when it comes to gopher sports. We've got a lot to do. The season is coming and it is exciting. It's thrilling. We're ready to row the boat. But let's talk about defense in our defensive roundup from this past weekend's fan open practice. There's probably a better way for me to say that. Practice that was open to the fans. Probably flows a little smoother, sounds a bit nicer, but you get where I'm going. So don't judge me on it. Let's just keep moving forward. So for the defensive roundup, I just want to jump in right away on linebackers. I'm skipping edge and I'm skipping D-line. We'll get to it. But linebackers, Braylon Oliver and Mariano Sorimarin seem solidified as the linebackers with that ones unit. Now, LeCaptain also is a player that seemed to be working in to that rotation quickly or often when it comes to next man up. Then you've got Cody Lindenberg and Luke Finnessy, who both worked into that linebacker rotation with the twos in certain packages. So those were the guys that were really stepping up in that linebacker position, at least again, in this practice. We've got lots of time to tell, and I'll continue to update you as I hear and see more things. Donald Willis, who wears number 15, he did see some linebacker reps as well, and he also saw some edge reps. So he's got a little versatility going for him. He had a big tackle for loss and smothered Bryce Williams on a run play. It was running to the outside and he met him right at the edge and absolutely, it was like a two-yard loss for that run, but he filled the gap seamlessly in high speed, no loss motion, completely fluid. It was great to see. So that was promising from Donald Willis. Another linebacker that got some reps here and there, depending on if it was more of a coverage look as opposed to maybe filling the box a little bit more looks. The coverage looks, Josh Arney got to get worked in there at linebacker as well. Saw him come off the edge a couple plays. So again, something that's really standing out with this Gophers lineup in both the offensive side of ball and defensive is versatility. And that could be an enormous strength for this unit on both sides of the ball. If the opponent doesn't know what to see coming, or if we have that versatility to be able to mix things up and keep people on their heels when it comes to game planning for the Gophers, that could be an absolute advantage, absolute game changer, especially as you get late into the season where you can start throwing curveballs because people are game planning off of your early film and don't know what's to come because you can shake things up so much. So that is a great thing to see from the Gophers and something that's super intriguing as we move forward. 
The last thing I want to say when it comes to linebackers is that there was a couple of reps even where we saw Donald Willis on the edge. You saw uh, Darnell Jeffries and Jalen Logan Redding on the interior. You saw Thomas Rush coming off the edge. And again, I told you Donald Willis has come from the linebackers on certain occasions. It just really stresses that they are really playing with their player combinations, especially in the front seven in this early sessions of camp so lots up in the air and i wouldn't get too stuck or too hung up on the depth chart or who's playing with the ones because a lot of things are fluid especially on that front seven defensive side of ball now looking at the dbs we've got uh justin wally and terrell smith aka t-time they're locked in at the ones outside i don't think that anybody is overcoming that and honestly t-time looked amazing in this practice he was locked down like it didn't matter who you were throwing out there at him chris Amon bell dalen wright ike white it didn't matter he was locking down when it came to man coverage on the outside he had a phenomenal practice on the defensive side of the ball wally looks ready to go he's moving super fast He's got great recovery speed. There was a comeback route in which Ike was coming back to the ball, and Wally probably had a three-yard gap between him and Ike White, made his way back and broke up the play before the ball got to Ike White. That recovery speed is brilliant, and that's what you love to see from a guy who was given the nod towards freshman All-American. So Wally looks like he's ready to take another step. Now, there was a moment in practice where PJ stressed to Terrell, and this was, you love to hear it, when he's telling vets, especially, in a special teams indie drill. It was a one-on-one drill, and he's telling his vet, Tea Time, look, don't play down to your competition. You love to hear that. You love to hear it stressed in the early days of camp. We're never playing down. We're always playing to our capability and our best, our level. So hearing that stressed immediately in the first open practice, yes, yes, give me that. I'll take that all day of the week. I absolutely love it. And then uh, another name that stood out was Ryan Stapp. He was quick in the backfield as well when it came to coming off of that nickel slot corner, giving extra pressure inside sometimes to stop the run game as well. He had a couple tackle for losses, had one on Mo Ibrahim. Uh, He was often worked into that slot corner position or that nickel corner position. And then it was really interesting to see Coleman Bryson. Uh, who worked with the twos occasionally at the safety position. So what does it look like? What does it all look like? I've been throwing a lot of names. We talked about linebackers, talked about DBs. What does the defense look like as far as ones and twos? Now, again, this is ever rotating, so don't get hung up on it. But if I had to say right off of this practice what it was looking like, I would say for the edge rushers, Thomas Rush, of course. Like, that's locked in stone. But... I would say Strigau is one of those edge rushers who's looking like potentially a starter. And then we also saw Ja Joyner and Austin Booker as well working in to that rotation. But Strigau and Thomas Rush saw a lot of reps with the ones. On the interior defensive line, we saw Jalen Logan Redding and Trill Carter a lot in combination with the ones, but also consistently rotating in with them was Kyler Baugh and 
gauge keys. So those four are the interior that I will look to, at least for now, as the guys that are probably going to see a heavy rotation with that interior defensive line. And then linebackers, like I said, Mariano Soren Marin, Braylon Oliver really locked and secured those spots. Um, DBs, we saw Justin Wally in tea time out on the edges, out on the outsides. And then the nickel, we saw Flip Dixon a lot. And if Flip Dixon wasn't in there, then you saw Ryan Stapp filling in in there. And then at safety, we have, of course, of course, no questions asked, Tyler Newbin and Jordan Howden leading the charge there. So then in the twos, so who else was at least seeing reps and seeing work consistently? That's the thing here. It's not like... There aren't guys who got a handful of plays in the team period. I'm talking about the guys that were seeing the most consistent reps, maybe with the twos, or the most consistent time filling in behind those guys who were taking ones reps. So at the edge, jaw joiner, again, kind of working in with the ones and twos. Uh, you had Lorenzo Sergers working in with the twos. I, did, I didn't see him a ton out there, but he was getting in good work. Austin Booker was, again, flexing between the ones and twos. And then occasionally, as we said, we had Willis working from either the linebackers and sometimes from the edge. Now, interior defensive line, which guys were we working in outside of those first four that we named? Devin Eastern, Darnell Jeffries, and Logan Richter. Those three were the guys that were rotating in a lot with those twos, but working their way, again, in different combinations. And then at the edge, some edge, some linebacker, Josh Arney, who I had mentioned. And then we saw LeCaptain and uh, Williams, or not Williams, Willis, coming from the linebacker position. I think Luke Finnessy got a lot of decent reps as well from that linebacker position, especially in the twos area. And then uh, Nickel, Ryan Stapp stepping in if Flip Dixon wasn't there. But if you count him in those ones, then we occasionally saw Jalen Glaze from that nickel slot corner as well. And then the outside DBs, a little bit of Beanie Bishop, less than I had anticipated, less than I expected. And Tariq Watson, true freshman, stepping in a lot with those twos as well, which was promising. And then uh, Presley was getting occasional reps at the cornerback position. And then the backup safeties, you saw a lot of uh, Darius Green, who is now number 12, and then saw a bit of Bryson. And then saw a bit of Coleman Bryson. But again, the first safety backup is Flip Dixon. That versatility moving from safety to nickel to sometimes linebacker all over the field. The last thing I want to say on the defensive end is the young guns. There were a couple plays that some of these true freshmen really stood out. Flashes. Brilliance. I got to bring them up. So Hayden Schwartz had a sack on Ethan Kaliak Manis with the twos team period. It was a great effort play. Ethan was trying to roll out and it looked like he had made the decision that he was going to run and make a break for it. And Hayden Schwartz caught him in the backfield. So it was a nice hunt down, nice track down. And then number 80, Anthony Smith. He had little flashes out there that showed you this dude is going to be a stud when the time presents itself after getting a little stronger, after working into the system more. By 2023, 2024 at the latest, 
Dude's going to be a stud. So get excited for 80. Uh, he had a tackle for loss, and he had a sack in a live tempo period. And then the last thing was just really encouraging to see Tariq Watson and Coleman Bryson both getting many reps within those twos, guys that could maybe see time as true freshmen. Now, before we talk about just things to keep an eye on as we move forward and as we continue with this fall camp, that's what we're going to talk about next. But first, be sure to head over to Bet Online when it comes to anything sports betting. They've got the latest trends and actions. They've got more props, more lines, and more odds than ever before. So be sure to check it out. They've got live betting. They've got, again, all the betting numbers that you can possibly think of. They've got an online casino. So head on over to Bet Online and check it out today. Bet Online, where the game starts. We're going to wrap this up. I, I know it's a little longer, but also I know that there was so much info at this first spring practice and so much more to come. So things to keep an eye on as we continue. First thing, Daniel Jackson notice, noticeably gone. Again, Flex says they're waiting more information, so we'll keep you posted as we hear more, but hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully he can get back in there this week during practices. Hopefully it's nothing to worry about. J.J. Gaudet not being out there on Saturday, something to keep an eye on. We knew that he's been recovering and on the mend from injury. It sounded like it in the media days that the anticipation was he was healthy and ready to go. So maybe this is just because it was fully the first fully padded practice, needed some time off after being there throughout the entire first week. Who knows, but something to keep an eye on. Uh, Beanie Bishop wasn't in a whole lot of team period reps, especially not with the ones. That was surprising, especially seeing how he was used in the spring game, the, the ability he showed, showed in that spring game. I thought it was interesting to not see him out there as much as I had anticipated, so something to keep an eye on as we move forward. Then the flashes from the young guys that were super impressive, again, Anthony Smith, Ike White, Tariq Watson, Coleman Bryson, uh, exciting. So those are guys to at least get excited for as we move forward and keep an eye on how they progress over this first official fall camp for all of them. Then two last things, three last things I want to point out. Number one being the secondary is versatile. Word of the day, aggressive and deep. Tea time looked absolutely phenomenal, especially in man-to-man coverage. Justin Wally has great recovery speed. He looks to be in great form and ready to take a leap. Uh, Flip Dixon and Ryan Stapp both look nice and clean in the nickel and slot corner position. The secondary is exciting, and they... They're going to be a challenge for majority of teams in the entire nation. The running back room, again, seems deeper. You've got Mo, you've got Trey, you've got Bryce, you've got Zach. They all had big moments in this Saturday practice. And then they have fluid movement. So you like to see them coming back from the injury, especially three of those four guys I named, coming back from injury, all being fluid, all being in early competition periods. And... Then you add in Jordan Newbin, who looks to be stepping up, looks to be making the most of his reps, and looks like he belonged. So five guys deep, potentially. That's awesome. It's a thrilling, and you know that it's needed in a running back room, especially after what we saw last season. The final thing I want to say before closing the show, Tanner Morgan. I know folks have, and I can't even say all folks, 
there's some small minority of fans that are sick of Tanner Morgan because he's been here six years. First off, get over it because it's time. You're going to support your team moving into the season. It's time for the season. So get over it, support, and let me tell you, he looked good. He looked really good. He looked great throwing the ball. His ball had zip. It had accuracy. It had timing. It looked good. And then in the post-conference in the media, P.J. Fleck saying this is the best that Tanner Morgan has ever looked in his time here. Chris Ottman-Bell and Brevin Span Ford both saying the exact same thing. This is the best he has looked since they have played with him. Jordan Howden talking about how comfortable that Tanner Morgan looks out there and how comfortable too is playing. He's playing free. The guys are taking notice. The coaches are taking notice. And the fans could see it. If you were in that practice session, you saw it. Just support now. Support now so that way you are in a bandwagon later. Get excited. It's Gophers football heading in. We'll talk about more practices this week. We'll get into the defensive player breakdowns, position breakdowns this week. It's going to be a good one. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to follow wherever you get podcasts. This is Kane Rob signing off. Have a good one. I'll see you later.